0: The AZ industry is rapidly changing, but your team doesn't have time to reinvent workflows for every new technology or client demand. ProjectWise, powered by iTwin, puts you in control and positions your firm for non-disruptive change. Whether you need to improve design quality, optimize existing processes, or even get started with digital delivery and digital twins, ProjectWise enables you to make the most of what you already have without starting over. Visit go.bentley.com forward slash podcast to see how ProjectWise is empowering AEC firms to do more with less. Once again, that's go.bentley.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Welcome to Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. And today we are joined by Mike Kerriger. He is the president and CEO of VHB. He also serves as the incoming chair of the ACEC Research Institute. And today we're gonna be speaking to Mike about a very important um, process that all engineering firms really should take advantage of, um, and that is strategic planning, which is more complicated than you think and is really as uh, long or short or in-depth or not of a process as kind of the firm or the, or the choice of uh, the leadership to really go into. So, uh, Mike, thank you for joining us on a very interesting and uh, uh, wide-ranging topic here.
1: No, great to be with you, Jeff. Really appreciate the podcast and, and the opportunity to kind of talk to you about strategic planning today. It's been really important to VHB's, you know, kind of history and evolution and it's kind of what excites our team and our our, our team members about where we're heading in the future.
0: Yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things that um, I think every organization can benefit from no matter how long the organization has been around. A firm could be around for a hundred years and, uh, you know, strategic planning keeps everything fresh, keeps everything kind of moving forward. Um, how, from a, from a leadership position of VHB, I mean, what's your perspective on strategic planning and, and how important is it in, you know, your planning process, kind of in your, in your, uh, uh, planning for uh, VHB's business, um, over time?
1: You know, know, it's, it's um, I, I think our business is so, so action oriented day to day working with clients working on projects, breaking projects down into tasks and subtasks. So there's so much day-to-day activity that, you know, in order to allow your team to understand where you're going, um, you, you periodically need to, you know, pull your head up, um, look out to the horizon, ensure that you and your team all have, you know, kind of a vision of, of where you're trying to go. And then strategic planning gives you opportunities to kind of, kind of think in multi-year segments of how to make some qualitative and quantitative advancements, you know, towards that ultimate vision that you're, you're, you and your team are, are striving for. That That's how it's always been for VHB. I mean, our, our people love the work, love the projects, um, love solving problems for our, our clients, you know, and kind of helping our p- communities as as we execute these projects. But in order to get, for us, it's almost, you know, we're heading up close to 2000 people. Um, and it's important that we're all heading in the same direction. You can do incredible things when you have your team in alignment. And that's first, where are you looking to try to take the company? And then every few years, okay, what big steps are we going to take over the next three, four or five years? And and you can go back over the last 25 years, almost 30 years now at, at VHB. And, and you can you know i was looking back through our strategic plans as we're getting ready to enter into our next one and you see these advancements that we then you know kind of create a new platform and then we build from there and build from there and build from there and it's um it's it's more about kind of furthering your advancement if you think of your your company's timeline as a long arc of success you know so you you it gives you the opportunity to to identify a few areas you want to make some big strategic moves forward on, and it allows your, your team members to be part of the, the process and the conversation. And then it gives you a language going forward. So your team can, you know, when they're confronted with something in front of them, they can put it in the context of Oh, is this something I should spend some time on? Or we should invest some money on? Oh, it's in line with what we strategically out as kind of our three or four big imperatives. So yes, and if it's outside those things, it allows you to at least stop and say all right let me check with a few people before i kind of go down this path or is that going to slow us down or take us away from the opportunity to move in the direction we had all talked about moving forward on
0: it's a really important tool for clarity i think to that point
1: it is it really is
0: you know exactly what to go after what not to go after because you have this guiding document that kind of helps you with the road map and, and when resources are always scarce and you're always trying to figure out how you how are you gonna properly allocate these resources and especially um, you know in times of economic uncertainty or a business cycle that might but you know that might change, having that defining document allows you to navigate the storm a little bit easier because you can kind of buckle down and focus on the core strategic objectives for the business. I like what you said about looking back as well, because I think a lot of people treat a strategic plan as a forward-looking document, and whenever you have a new plan, it's always moving the ball downfield. But doing multiple plans gives you that historical ability to go back and look and look at different past strategic initiatives. Um, you, know, how, you know, In your experience, how benefit, beneficial has that been to kind of look back and see how the past informs the future?
1: You know, it it, it gives our people the opportunity to kind of, you know, see that we're successively building on successes. So it helps you grow your confidence in the value of your strategic plan. If your team looks back and says, wow, the whole idea for VHB in the mid-90s of how do we come together, you know, while we have transportation and environmental and land development and urban planning, but how do we put them together to really think in an integrated way to deliver integrated services to think about, you know, where would we grow? And this idea for us, it was always around kind of connected growth. Um, You know, not let's spread out all over the country, but let's think about where we are and then think about geographies that are are close and and recognize who VHB is and then take a strategic step there. And over time, that was a great platform in the late nineties for us. and as they grew, to start saying, okay, these integrated skills and these strong skill sets, how would we then share that expertise across multiple offices? So that started to build. You kind of take five steps or five years forward. Then we started seeing, wow, okay, how could we really create some regional prominence around groups of offices in different areas of the country, and and focus our concentration of efforts there? And again fighting that urge to, well, we can open an office. You know, I know somebody in Minnesota, we could open one there. Or we could open this one. There seems like there's a lot of work in the Southwest. Let's go open an office there. Saying No, let, let's think about how do we become not just good players in a, in a geographic area that we're in, but how do we build really deep roots and how do we grow to a level of prominence so we're thought of as, you know, kind of one of the two or three top players in each market. So that was a big bit of, of discipline that we kind of grew in in kind of 2000 to 2005. And, and then we started realizing that as we were growing, in order to continue this prominence growth and kind of recognize the benefits of all the strengths and expertise we had throughout the company, this idea for us about, all right, we really needed to move to more of a, a matrix organization or, and so we could focus on six specific markets. We're in transportation real estate institutions, which for us is kind of college universities, hospitals, federal government, local municipal government, and the energy market. So how could we connect that expertise across all of those markets, understand all the services that we have, and make sure you can tap into the best people for the best service line across our footprint? And so, you know, we spent a few years kind of focusing on how to gain that discipline to think about things in more of a matrix organization. You know, then you kind of move into the last decade and, you know, we really started concentrating on, all right, well, if we're going to be in a, in a city on East Coast, let's make sure we have strength in kind of the, the real major metropolitan areas of the three eastern mega regions. You know, that's where the majority of activity is happening. It's where, you know, you have, you know, you have business, you have strong, you know, kind of local county state governments. You have colleges, hospitals, universities, all kind of creating these dynamic environments. And, and that's where we found our services to be of most value, you know, where you were looking at really complex projects and our people had the ability, and we had learned this discipline over, you know, 20 some years, how to integrate that expertise to solve the most challenging problems in, you know, kind of the major metropolitan areas and then in the areas that are urbanizing around them as you went out. And how do you deal with the mobility between the cities and the eastern mega regions? And it gave our people kind of that, like I said, that framework and that context to how to think about, okay, where should we invest? What should we invest in? You know, how do I tap into the right expertise? And you know, now we're sitting here, and you know, one of the elements that came out of the last strategic plan, we had always been really strong internal technology tools. We wanted to kind of turn more externally thinking about technology and. So those early days of strategic steps that we took in 15, 16, 17 are paying off, off for us now as we think of offering our clients kind of data-informed, technology-empowered services um, at the right time. And we're able to capitalize on, on kind of the, the burgeoning AI opportunities and embrace them now because we've built them in as part of our strategy, not just a, oh, wow, that looks really cool. Let's try that. So it, it gives our people that ability to kind of navigate and and that looking back and seeing how we've successively built the strategy of the company over time gives people confidence of what we can accomplish going forward with an investment in the discussion and the thoughtful development of strategic advancements going forward.
0: It seems, I, it, I think that that's a really, you've covered a couple of different areas that I think I wanna to touch upon. The first is, You know, that idea of of growth and and using a strategic plan to help you figure out exactly what the best path to growth is and what the best growth curve could be. And you do always go into those circumstances where you're like, okay, well, we do have somebody who is a, a, you know, maybe they're a, a, a business line leader and they know some people in a different city and there's opportunity there. But is it really in line with the overall strategic direction of the company, and you have to kind of sit and actually really look at that. And then you have also these technologies that are disruptive. Yeah, I don't really, really, after talking to some people who are engaged with AI and machine learning, I don't really want to call them disruptive technologies. They're opportunities for firms.
1: Yeah, it's the next evolution for a great opportunity.
0: So, I mean, you know, do you do, you do your planning internally, or do you bring in sometimes a third party? who's a little bit more neutral and, and helps you kind of um, take out the personalities or take out the kind of personal histories and and, and really allow you to um, focus in on specific objectives kind of with, with a little bit of neutrality. You
1: know, with the history, like I said, almost kind of 30 years now of strategic planning, we feel comfortable with the process, but we've found that having a a third party facilitator, you know, to, to challenge some of our groupthink, is, is really important. And, and so, you know, they can sometimes ask deeper, more probing questions in an innocent way that one of us might, might be hesitant to challenge each other on, because you, you know, of the 10 year backstory on a topic that might get in your way of making a strategic decision going forward. And that, that third party facilitator can be really helpful in in, keeping you on schedule, keeping you on task, asking challenging questions and and maybe hearing different things than you know you and your firm leaders might be anticipating what some might say where that third party is actually really listening about what they say and you can pick out some nuances. We we found that to be really helpful with us in refining our our process you know, keeping us on track and and asking those challenging questions. Yeah, we
0: we in my former life uh, as at a PR firm, we did this from a communications angle, and we would be brought in and kind of during a strategic plan planning process, and we kind of handle a communications aspect from it. And I always, you know, it was always that environment where you're coming in, and and there's a bit of, you know, you're you're not. You're not as consumed with the issue as, as the people around the room. You're kind of new into it. You come in. You don't have the biases or the baggage or the history, and you're able to ask, ask some questions that otherwise wouldn't have been asked or you know make yeah. some challenges that otherwise would not go well in the room if it were just the internal leadership and people within the team. Um, do you have a, a, a set internal planning committee? Do you have a group of people that that come together on a regular basis, or is it kind of rotational, depending on exactly what you're looking to accomplish and, you know, how long the last strategic plan was, how do you approach it from kind of the, uh, the nuts and bolts uh, process to start?
1: You know, so we, we've been using five-year horizons to, to think about this, because again, in our industry, it takes some time to kind of From a change management standpoint or to kind of move and develop a reputation, maybe in a new line of work. And and two and a half years out, you know, we'll do a okay, let's stop, let's check, do we need to make any adjustments for the second half of that five-year horizon? But so at the at the five-year point and at the midpoints, we usually gather a a cross-section of um kind of leaders of the company, but then stepping into the organization at multiple levels, at looking for people who have that ability to kind of think strategically. I mean, it's not inherent in everyone. I think it can be encouraged and brought out, but we try to keep it fresh and we're always trying to, you know, we're very much focused as a generational company of preparing the company for the next generation. So we're always bringing multiple generations onto that street strategic planning committee, um, one for their new ideas, but also as a learning opportunity for them in, in their professional and leadership development path. To, to be involved in those discussions and, and see and connect historically how we've done it, be involved in executing one because five, 10 years down the road, they could be sitting in my seat, kind of leading the whole program for the company. And we want to prepare people. That's how I learned it being involved for, you know, kind of 15 years, you know, 10 to 15 years prior to, to coming into my role as CEO, being involved in strategic planning committees and, and seeing how it worked and what worked and what didn't. And, you know, kind of the, you know, Kind of the issues to address the the data to collect the outreach that's necessary the openness that's necessary to move those things forward so that that's how we do it
0: and I imagine that there's a good amount of stakeholder engagement that has to be done with the rank and file where you might have this group that comes together but you know how do you go about making sure that everyone's kind of enrolled in the process right that everybody has You know, even if they're not in the room, that they feel they're being brought along with the group in the creation of the plan.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll give you two different tracks of of examples that we did. Um, In in 2015, um, I had just been asked to be the, the the CEO, and I had, you know, the the company was looking for where's that next arc of vision. You know, it was it was time to rethink and set that 15 20 year vision out there on the horizon. And so I had come to the to the board um, and the leadership team with a vision that I, I said, this is where I'm thinking, this is where I'd like to take the company. I think this is what we have the ability to achieve, but I need more input. you know. So after talking to the board and the executive committee and kind of getting their input, I then said, okay, I'm going to go on the road. And I went we do a, I do a town meeting and and vhb presidents have for a long long time a, a town meeting in every office you know we're 30 plus offices now and it's still one of those kind of important touchstones for vhb you know to to have a day the president sitting there different breakout groups one whole office conversation but what what i did that year in 15 was share the draft of the vision and gave everybody a chance to say does this makes sense to you what are we missing? what would you like to see more of what you know is, is there a trend maybe that we haven't touched on and and that you know kind of three months where I had those conversations in 30 plus offices it, it added some richness and it added some specifics into that vision in which we then really at that time it was about 1,400 of us you know everybody felt invested because it was their vision. And then we went about setting the strategy, and then you go into another round of engaging people on, on strategy. And, and so this year, as we're kicking things off, you know, we, we've done a, a number of things. We have, our, we have our outside facilitator interviewing a cross-section of clients, interviewing our whole leadership team, the board, um, intervie- you know, doing sit-down interviews, um, key leaders in the company, key rising leaders. And then we have an online survey for one kind of geared to the 25% of VHBers who own the company. We're owned by our about 25% of our our key employees. Um, Another one geared to, you know, kind of the the people under 35 in the company to, to say, what are they looking to be part of for the next 15, 20 years? You know, so different sets of questions. So we give a lot of opportunity for people to weigh in and then this year on the town meetings you know i'll be kind of giving them an update of how we're progressing on the strategic planning process and engage them in, in a kind of a focused topic depending on where we are in the process so this is really an opportunity for everybody in our company to to be involved to see it happening to have the opportunity to, to share their perspective and in the end come out with something that says this really is our strategic plan and, and gives the people the ability to kind of self-navigate going forward.
0: So, Mike, um, those are really good points, especially when it comes to people who are looking at how do we keep everybody together during the process. Um, Now, once you get to the point of having a plan, the question then becomes how do we operationalize this plan and how do we actually act so that we can, you know, hit the metrics that we set. Um, I mean, metrics are a whole... Separate conversation. I mean, let, let's go there first. Actually, you know, when you when you set metrics to measure against the plan, you know, what is what is the process of kind of looking at setting those metrics? Do you look at past performance? Do you look at uh, you know what indicators? Is it a mix between qual, qual you know qualitative and, and quantitative? I mean, is there or or you know what is your approach?
1: So particularly for an engineer, I, I'm a less metrics, more qualitative person. A lot of engineers go to a, a hard series of metrics. Um, I, I'm most, and, and our company has is very focused on qualitatively moving forward. And we've learned over time, you know, if you look at some of the early strategic plans of EHB, there would be a, a financial metric embedded in, that's our strategy, or how do we get to this scale and and now we kind of say, well look if we if we identify the right strategic imperatives and we identify the right series of actions to move forward, then we would anticipate over a five year horizon of a strategic plan to have these financial outcomes and we'll list two or three metrics it might be kind of on average you know net revenue growth advancement of a, a, a profitability uh number you know it could be you know a growth in in corresponding backlog but again we'll use them as if we do this strategy right we need to move to those directions and and have, see those outcomes or we would anticipate those outcomes and and i we do that because people are more more engaged in helping move something forward to be part of advancing growing prominence, advancing a new market. And we kind of, the leadership team of the company kind of makes sure that each year we're balancing the investments and the performance in a way that we can afford to invest in our people, invest in the elements that are necessary to advance the strategic plan, and over time move those major financial outcomes in the direction that they go but we we try not to um to to use the financial metrics as the driver but um you know there's a responsibility of being financially responsible each year and advancing the strategic initiatives and finding that right balance
0: and to the question of operationalizing of this uh plan um you know how in-depth do you go in setting Plan objectives against employee performance, or you know, setting it against a kind of a, a maybe a uh, I don't know a quarterly kind of uh, a, a quarterly performance um, yeah, review. I mean, how do you how do you keep track? Uh, even if it is a quantitative, qualitative metric rather, how do you keep track of of, of how you're actually um, moving down the field on the objectives?
1: So. We, we use the strategic plan as the framework to, to help inform and shaping of our annual business plans. So, you know, we'll through the kind of from August through October, we'll spend a lot of time looking at, okay, how are we able to, to grow and perform financially? How can we balance that with a few targeted uh, strategic advancements at, at the company wide level, and then we'll ask each region and office to identify, you know, what strategic elements are they moving forward that kind of grow to the to the overall advancement of the company. And then we'll do a, a pretty, you know, a pretty thorough description of what each office, region, market, service lines strategies are. And then we'll we'll do a detailed report Mid-year and end of the year, you know, kind of on a qualitative write-up of what they're advancing, and then kind of from the the operational leaders of the company, um, we'll do a similar on the financial to make sure we're balancing, you know, um, performance so that at the end of the year we we can reward our people, we can grow the kind of stock value of the company, and we have the right amount of money to invest in those strategic advancements. So we're we're kind of balancing those, but we talk about and celebrate the strategic advances. Um, Mid year and end of year, but to your point, the 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 communication of them and the keeping them alive, and and not just asking, okay, what's the financial performance of an office as the only question, but starting with, how are you raising your prominence? How are you strengthening those, you know, advancements you've had? Okay, and what are the financial outcomes you're seeing, and and how are you balancing those? Even that the framing of that question, I think is really important, so that. All of your team members realize that they're both important elements. Um, You know, I think it's really easy to look at financial metrics and ask questions there. But I think that inhibits people from then, you know, reminding themselves that they need to think strategically and balance that with financial performance. So the other thing that, that we do is all of my communications to the company are kind of organized around the major imperatives. So everything we celebrate, everything I talk about, every advancement we make, I kind of put it in the context of the strategic plan so that it stays alive and people understand, hey, that helped us move us closer to not just our strategic objectives, but our vision. So it's important to keep those things alive. Otherwise you get about a year and a half in and then that plan kind of sits on the shelf and everybody just goes back to the day-to-day activities
0: so i i think that's an important point to make that having that mix of the the qual you know not just the metrics that are numbers based but then having a lot of metrics that are more strategic and just kind of wide ranging and then holding people to a not so much to account but when it comes to really reviewing the process of the plan it's it's it is that reminder to always think strategically it's that you have this larger roadmap that you're trying to put into place, and it helps employees think outside the box, or or maybe look at opportunities that might not um, immediately be there, or you know, because you're looking at a number, but you might see something that could actually be a better opportunity because it fits in from the strategic perspective of sure. the plan. And that's that's something really important to keep in mind for everybody out there listening and watching, that you know, it is that constant conversation of how are you moving the company forward? How are we actually broadening our scope or raising our prominence? Because in those kind of conversations you might spark new ideas and and, and new opportunities.
1: You also see sometimes that, you know, an office or a team might get stuck and, and as you're talking to them about, oh, you know what? Our office over in New York has kind of figured that out. Let me get you guys to talk to each other. Let me get you a little more help or resources where you're running into a challenge somewhere or you know sometimes it's you know just helping someone unblock a thought but but keeping that top of mind and, and that's what you're talking about as you're talking to your 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 office managers your team leaders um, reminds them that that's what's important and, and that's why I'm asking about it too when I go around because that's the important thing. If I go in and talk financial metrics, everybody kind of tightens up. If I go in and talk, how are we doing strategically? How are you doing advancing things? I don't know, and how are you kind of balancing the, the financial operation from a responsible? That's a whole different discussion.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It allows people to kind of lower their guard and, and enter into a more um, intensive conversation and feel more free to... Kind of spitball ideas, than if it were just a look at the numbers, and why doesn't A column you know match B column and and yeah. and and the like.
1: And it's funny; it's it's created an opportunity for us here. That and this is interesting that the outside facilitator that we're using, he's he's like, I'm kind of surprised your people really are looking forward to this. I'm like, Yeah, this is this is what we do. This isn't a one time. Oh, everybody, drop everything we're doing strategic planning. Our people get excited about this because they see how we advance. And people get used to asking questions about strategy., well, Mike, have we thought of this yet? Have we thought of that? It makes all of us better. And it, it, it comes alive. And this outside facilitator says, this is really refreshing working with you guys. You know a lot of times people, are, well, I don't know, but we're talking about strategy all the time. We're you know once a year, we have a, a session with the board and the executive committee that we're trying to look at what are the issues beyond our five-year horizon that we should be thinking about now. So you could go back a few years and we were exploring those kind of foresight ideas of what happens to the built environment when it's autonomous vehicles. You know, where is AI going? I mean, we were talking about that four or five years ago, preparing our minds so that we weren't surprised when something was, okay. now we can figure out how to bring this into our business and what we can do.
0: Yeah. I, I, and I think it goes to the point of having this be a multi, you just don't do it once and put it on the shelf. You do it, to your point, every five years, you have a kind of a new horizon that you're looking forward to because after the third or, or, or so plan cycle, you know, it starts getting really embedded in the company culture. And yeah. it, it, it creates this new generation of fresh ideas that come every five years And it creates a culture that's a little bit more willing to take a chance, a little bit more willing to think out of the box or or strategically in general, even if you're not in a planning cycle because you're used to having that give and take, um, which really benefits everybody, Um, especially if you have different offices and different departments talking to each other. It it does change the way that people operate uh, for the better, Um, you know, in my experience, and and I'd say the same for yours. I do have to ask Mike because I mean you're coming in as the new chair of the ACEC Research Institute. There's a lot happening at the institute, um, and 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 I'll make a plug here because you're gonna we're gonna be focusing in on the institute on uh, one of the sessions during the spring convention. Which register now because you know we're we're, we're getting close to the event next month. Um, yeah, but yeah. we'll have a panel talking about all the stuff happening at the uh, at the institute. How are you going to bring your experience and, and your leadership style in the strategic planning to help, really, the Institute move to that next stage? Because it's in three years it, that it's been around, it's done so much, and it seems like it's primed to really turn into something special, even more so than it is.
1: Yeah, I feel like my, you know, kind of what I've learned at VHB and, and, and what, You know, that the leaders of the company that that I grew up under kind of challenged us from the strategic thought process have really helped me and and prepared me because I think I get excited about the research institute, and the reason I was so, you know, willing and and excited and appreciative of the opportunity to be part of it was the research institute is trying to, you know, really look forward and be that leading source of of knowledge and, and thought leadership, you know, for thinking about how do we create a more sustainable you know, safe, secure, technically advanced built environment. And that how can we as the Institute help all of our member firms ensure that we're ready for what we need to do to help society in 2030, 2035, you know, and, and I, and ACC does a lot of, you know, tactical work and a lot of kind of things around annual legislation and helping firms as they're getting up and growing. And and we needed to, again, you need to invest at multiple horizons. So we're trying to think of those second and third horizons out and ask ourselves, what does the firm of the future, what are they going to be dealing with? What are going to be the challenges that society are confronted with in 2035? And you think of, okay, how's the workplace evolves in a very different way that historically has gone? That the role that. Technology is creating the opportunity to to open up more types of analysis and decision making and and um, you know design explorations you know you look at what's going on with the changing nature you uh, really of our climate I mean you're just seeing you know the weather patterns changing it's it's hotter than it's ever been in certain places colder than it's ever been in certain places the the severity and the frequency of you know major weather impacts and weather extreme events, all those things are happening. So how do we prepare our member firms? You know, how do we get them thinking and provide them with thought pieces that allows them to shape their firm to be prepared for that type of future? You know, I think we talk a lot in in VHB and, and even at the research Institute, our, our industry, you know, has changed at a very methodical, slow pace. And and that's that's been good for the way things changed. The changing nature of what's happening in society and the world is challenging our firms to think and adapt at a lot faster rate than we've ever had to as firms in the past. And And our hope and our goal and our efforts are focused around the research institute providing those kind of exploratory research elements and then kind of helping create guidance for firms to think about how do they adapt more rapidly? What are the leaps, you know, that might be beneficial over time to take about the type of firm that you build, what your ownership model will be, you know, what other skill sets do we need into, you know, our firms to really create thoughtful, holistic solutions you know, for a, a much more integrated, sustainable future than than we've sometimes, you know, have set the table for.
0: Uh, it's going to be a great panel at the convention. Um, these are all big questions that are going to be tackled by the institute with ACEC right behind you, because uh, we're dealing with the same issues and from a from an advocacy or legislative side of of, of the coin. But there's a lot to talk about, and and Mike, I know uh, we're up against it, so I want to say thank you again for uh, joining us today to talk about strategic planning. There's so much that could be said about it. I think we're just scratching the surface, but it's the kind of thing that I'd love to talk to you about more, especially uh, uh, going into detail about some planning. Um, but I really do appreciate the time you've taken today to join us today and, 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 and talk about this.
1: Thanks, Jeff. We are... Um... I really believe we're at the most exciting time in our industry's history. And um, I think this is the, the opportunity for, you know, our member firms to have a bigger impact on on helping create an even better built environment in society going forward. It, it's up to us to kind of take that charge and move it forward. And um, the Research Institute is looking forward to kind of to help spur that thought.
0: couldn't say better myself. And uh, Mike, thanks again for joining us.
1: All right. Thanks, Jeff. Take care.
0: Take care. And again, this has been an episode of Engineering Influence, podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies. And we'll see you next time.